Welcome back to the Shoot It Straight podcast. This week, we have another replay episode, and this time it is with my very own business bestie, Coley James. This is an interview that first aired on her podcast, The Business First Creatives, and it is an old chat. It is about a year old, but it is such a good one that I know that you will find value in. Coley and I talk all about avoiding burnout, which unless you're new here, you know is a topic that I am super passionate about. We talk about things like what keeps me from being overwhelmed in business and how to trust your intuition and what it was like when I first started my business and I was super overwhelmed and how I overcame that. So I can't wait for you to listen to this replay and enjoy. Welcome to the Shoot It Straight podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Gebhardt. Here, I will share an honest take on what it's like to be a female creative entrepreneur while balancing business, motherhood, and life. Myself, along with my guests, will get vulnerable through honest conversations and relatable stories because we're willing to go there. If you're trying to find balance in this exciting place you're in, yet willing to talk about the hard stuff too, the Shoot It Straight podcast is here to share practical and tangible takeaways to help you shoot it straight. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome to the Business First Creatives podcast. How are you today? I'm great, friend. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to have you. <laughs> so for people who don't know who you are and what you do, go ahead and tell the listeners. Yeah. So I'm Sabrina Gebhardt. I've been a lifestyle family and newborn photographer for 11 and a half years. And for about half of that, I've been in education. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I dove straight into online education as much as possible to just kind of, what am I spending my time doing? <laughs> we weren't getting to hang out <laughs> with people in person and I wasn't getting to mentor with anyone anymore. And so I created a course and a mastermind and a membership and all of the, all of things, the things, all of the things. And it has been so fun. It has been so fun. So now you'll find me splitting my time between working with clients and educating other photographers. So let's get right to it. First question okay. I ask everyone, and I've tweaked it since the last guest. So for those of you paying okay. attention, it's slightly different now. Do you <laughs> consider yourself to be an entrepreneur first or a creative first? An entrepreneur, 100%. And why? <laughs> so uh, being in the photography space and in the creative space, I, I tell my students this all the time, that you are generally either really fantastic at the art you're creating, you are a visionary, you are just, you see things differently, or you're really, really great at business. And I tell people all the time, I'm a pretty mediocre photographer, maybe a little bit above that, but I am a fantastic business person. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hysterical because you know, you and I agree on that um, in that aspect. I feel like people should spend way more effort on the business side, hence this new podcast. But I want to pivot slightly because you put business first and for a lot of things that is related to systems. So what is one system that you have in your creative business that's currently moving the needle for you? So this is going to be a boring answer because people say it all the time, but man, it's true, uh, is an email list, a consistent way to reach out to the people who want to hear from you. And it's not shiny or fancy or pretty or anything innovative, but it's true. And creating a rhythm in my business where I am consistently sending out um, a newsletter or an email blast to everybody that has signed up 
and having a formula for that email so that I know what kind of content goes first and then comes next and then comes next so that I can create consistently, but then also my readers know what to expect is so valuable. And it really does build those relationships and move the needle. I mean, I read your emails every Monday. So yes, (laughs) Uh, most important thing for our listeners is to make sure that you have a call to action in each email. And Sabrina does a great job with that. Let's talk about being overwhelmed because when I think about your expertise and what you teach specifically photographers, but you also teach other creative entrepreneurs as well. When I think of you, I think of, oh, Sabrina is going to tell me how to be not overwhelmed. (laughs) Sabrina is going to tell me how to make sure that I am taking care of myself first and the business will thrive because of that. So what is one system that you have implemented in your business or that you teach others that keeps you from being overwhelmed in your business? Yeah. So I think One of the main reasons why entrepreneurs get super overwhelmed is because they say yes to too much. And especially when you're new in business, you want to say yes to all the opportunities. You want to say yes to everything. You want to take on anybody that wants to give you money and hire you, right? And so it's constantly reviewing my calendar and pruning my commitments. I would be a total liar if I told you that I still that I never battle overwhelm anymore. I, I do. It, it's It comes in waves. It's something that you will never overcome permanently. But when you have the right tools in your pocket to know how to work through it and to recognize, okay, I'm getting overwhelmed. I need to do something about it right now before it gets worse. Um, and for me, that always starts with reviewing my calendar and pruning things out or moving things back if I can. But mm-hmm. then also the, the the things that can't move, asking for help where I can. And a lot of times as a mom, that's getting my kids into a carpool. That's asking my husband to do the taking and the picking up and all of that, right? Just handing off tasks to create a little bit more breathing room in my everyday life makes a huge difference. So I've been joking around, um, I guess, internally in my head that every time I have a guest on, I should think of what I would put on a (laughs) t-shirt if I had one printed for them. And Sabrina, I think for you, and honestly, it's something that I would tell people too, but it's okay to say no. (laughs) That's what you need on a t-shirt. It is okay to say no. And I mean, if anybody in the listening audience needs permission, you are the boss of your business. It is okay for you to say no. If someone asks you to do something that makes you uncomfortable or that you don't feel qualified to do, or that you just don't have room to do, tell them no. Tell them when you are able to service them, if it's something that you want to do. But if you don't, it is okay to say no. No is a full sentence. I promise. (laughs) Definitely. And you know, I think part of that is trusting your intuition too. Like, don't we get that vibe that like when we're supposed to say no and sometimes we push against it because on paper, it sounds like a really good opportunity or Mm -hmm. it's a really big job or really sounds great or whatever. But if you really listen to your intuition and your gut, um, whatever that feels like in your body, you know when you're supposed to lean in and say yes and when you're supposed to pull back and say no. And on the other side of that, when you say no, when you actually listen to your intuition, I'm telling you what, it always leads to something better. (laughs) Every single time the universe is like, 
you did a good job and now I'm going to reward you with this. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, because I think that everyone has felt that. It's like, you know, you see it in the Facebook online groups. It's like, you know, I really wanted to say no, but I went ahead and I said yes. And now I really regret it. And, you know, yeah. or I just should have said no. I should have trusted my gut. That is something yeah. that we read a lot. And you're right. Like, not only trusting your gut, but if you have to work too hard to make something fit, in your personal life, in your business life, whatever it is, chances are it is not going to benefit you in the end. I don't want to say that things are easy, but if you are putting in way too much effort to kind of squeeze thing in, to make room right. for it, to figure out how to do it, it's probably an indication that it's not for you. And if it is for you, the opportunity is going to come around again. I mean, because exactly. things come, you know, it's... There's really no such thing as a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's just not, especially yeah. when you're a creative entrepreneur. And like you said, it's really tragic when someone says yes to something that they should have said no to. And then like the most amazing opportunity falls in your lap and you have to say no because yeah. you already committed to this other thing that you were really unsure about in the first place. And so it's kind of put you in a spot of, hmm. If I had trusted my gut and said, no, I could have said yes to this, you know, more amazing thing that would, you know, lead to something better or more money or a better audience, yeah. you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, totally agree. So I want to ask you, because you teach a lot about being overwhelmed. So what was it like in the beginning of your business? Because I'm assuming that you learned <laughs> these tricks over time. So <laughs> tell me about it. I know. Tell me about a time in your business when you were overwhelmed and how you overcame it. Okay. So <laughs> overwhelm is literally the opening chapter of probably the first two years of my business. Okay. Um, I did what everybody does. And that's why I teach it because I don't want people to make the same mistake. I'm very much... I'm an open book. Here's what I did. Here's what I see happening all the time. Please don't do this. <laughs> um, but I did everything. I tried to say yes to everybody. I tried to take on every job. I tried to fit in clients into every single pocket of time. I was not investing in my business. I was trying to do it all myself and wear all the hats. And I was doing a horrible job at all of it. I kind of went all in on my business and pulled way back from my family and which is just super not healthy. But the best thing that I did to overcome that is hiring a mentor. And it was one of those things where I needed so much help in so many areas that even <laughs> though it was even though it was so scary to invest that massive amount of money. I had not invested anything close to that at any point. I mean, it was, I literally paid more to work with her than I think I had spent on my camera and body. I mean, my camera and lens. Okay. Like literally it was so scary, but I was to that point where I was like, if I'm going to really do this, and have a sustainable business and reach all these goals that I have and want to be taken seriously in the industry, like I have to put my money where my mouth is. I have to just go all in on this. And there is literally a dividing line in my business before that experience and after. Okay. I mean, my work, 
the way I ran my business, the way I thought about my business, the kinds of clients I was attracting, I earned that investment back probably within two months. I mean, almost instantly. And it was just knowing like, I got to ask for help and I'm going to really lean into this. So education, that's my answer. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I knew you were going to say education somewhere in the back of my mind. I knew you were going to say education. So let's, because I'm imagining that what you would suggest to people now and what to look for in a mentor was probably not the same thing that you looked for back then because you were new. You, you know, you probably didn't have the same criteria that you would have now. But so if someone in our audience is like, you know, I really do need to invest in a mentor, what are the things that they should look for before they make that hire? Yeah. So there's two, there's two big things I would say. Um, Number one, you want them to be doing what you want to be doing five years from now, or at least three years from now, they need to be on the same path, but significantly ahead of you. Okay. So going back to photography, if I am a family photographer, I'm not going to look to work with a wedding photographer. Okay. Cause while they can teach me business things and you know, technical camera specs, like we're in different zones, right? Um, So I'm looking for somebody who is proficient and has walked the path ahead of where I want to go. And then the other thing is personality. A mentor-student relationship is real personal. And if you don't jive, if you don't connect, like if you can't see yourself being friends with those people, that person, it is not going to be a good fit. You're not going to feel like you can really... Um, be honest and open. You're not going to, it's just not going to be the same. And that's the great thing about the internet, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can really get to know people before you ever even send them an email or engage with them, you know, follow them on Instagram and get, sign up for their weekly email and read their blog posts and see, you know, would you hang out with this person? Um, so those are the two things that I that I would say. Sabrina, those are so excellent. Those two are probably what I would tell anybody. And it was funny because while I was listening to you talk, I was thinking about my mom. And when she listened to the trailer for this podcast, she immediately sent me a text message. And she's like, Coley, you know, you said the word shit. Did you really want to do that on your <laughs> podcast? And I said, yes, mother. <laughs> I don't want photography clients or business clients right. that... Um, don't jive with the fact that I cuss a lot. I was like, that is part of my personality. I make sure that, you know, before anybody hires me for any service, that you have the opportunity to see me in multiple venues and find out a lot about me. Because like you said, mentor um, student relationship is important. But when I go into people's houses and I photograph them for anywhere between, you know, three hours to 14 hours, or if I'm present at your birth, because <laughs> I got an inquiry for a birth today, we have to get along. We have to have personalities that, as you said, jive well, because once I'm in your house, I, I mean, I'm there for a while. And at least with the family photography clients, like I'm anticipating that we are going to have a long-term relationship. And so it is very important to me to like put myself out there as much as I possibly can to make sure that you have the opportunity to get to know me before you hire me for any of the services that I offer. So I'm with you on that, Sabrina. And the three years, you know, ahead, I think that you and I might come at this as a different um, perspective than other people, because we both really enjoy doing in-home sessions. And at Mm -hmm. least, I mean, this is not just for photography, this is any entrepreneurship, but particularly for that, I don't know that I would want to do a long-term mentorship with someone who only photographs people outside 
And, you know, they go through all of the styling tips and the location choosing and all of those things, because those are things that I don't have any intention of ever doing. So yeah, making sure that personalities match, making sure that they are successful in what it is that you want to do long-term and just making sure that, you know, I don't want to say that your values are aligned because that's a different thing, but like in terms of the services, making sure that what it is that you intend to offer is something that they are going to be able to give you a lot of valuable advice towards. So, I mean, the thing about the calendar. (laughs) So I want to go back. I know because you know me, I, I think that what you say about white space on calendars is amazing. So in terms of not being overwhelmed, if someone is brand new to the industry or, you know, let's say that they're a newish business owner, Um, one to two years in. What is one tip that you can give those creative business owners that will help them from drowning in their business? Yeah. So um, you need to take time for yourself on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. And when you are a new business owner, you push really hard against that because you're like, no, all of my free time needs to go towards this baby that I'm trying to grow um, and this thing that I'm really passionate about and I love. And that's great, but what I have experienced and what I see happen with people all the time is that burnout happens real fast. Like you can literally go from I'm fine one day to the next day you are crying in the shower, (laughs) so overwhelmed and burnout. It can happen in a flash. And so putting the systems in place, having time off on a regular basis to kind of um, regroup and Take time away from your business. Let your brain think about something else. Um, And I for sure don't mean vacation all the time. Okay. Like going to Disneyland is awesome for you because you've worked that into your calendar. But for the people that are like, I can't do that, that's cool. This can just be taking time every week or every other week. Um, But what I teach my students, most of my students are moms. And what I teach them is this is not, I'm not telling you to take a family day, okay? Mm -hmm. Because that is still a high pressure situation. If you're like, yeah, I'm going to take a day off from work, but we're all going to go to the zoo and have a picnic and then do this and then do this. You're not actually unwinding, okay? You're still in a high pressure mom situation all day long. Did everybody nap? Did we have snacks? Did we get there on time? What about parking? What about this, right? You're breaking up, you know, fussiness with, siblings and taking the dog for a walk is still a lot. I'm talking taking time for yourself, just for yourself as a human. Like, what do mm-hmm. you need? Okay. And what the the kicker, the way I teach this is not putting anything in that spot on your calendar. So actually leaving it blank. That's why I call it white space. So a lot of people are like, well, what if I make an appointment to get my hair done or a mani-pedi or brunch with my bestie or whatever? Those are all great things. And those can all totally fill your cup. But the dynamic of waking up on Friday and seeing that you have an appointment on your calendar, that adds a level of pressure. Even if you're excited about it, even if it's something that's refreshing to you, you have to get ready for said appointment. You have to leave at a certain time. You have to deal with parking. You have to make sure you brought your debit card. You have to, whatever it is, okay? Like there are things that add a little bit of pressure to it. And the whole point of building white space into your calendar is releasing the pressure valve, like taking some of the pressure off 
And so I encourage people to leave the space blank. Okay, whether it's every Friday morning or every other full Friday or whatever it is, leaving it blank and waking up that morning and saying, what do I need today? If it's a (laughs) manicure, cool, go get one. You didn't wake up with the franticness of, oh my gosh, I overslept. I have to get to my appointment. Like serving yourself with what you need. Maybe you need to go back to bed. Maybe you want to read a book. Maybe you want to go day drink by the pool with your friends. Like whatever it is, (laughs) whatever you need is fine. But allowing yourself that time and not feeling guilty about it. I I want to ask you a question because this is really interesting to me. And think about it. You've been in business for 11 years. And so how has that white space changed from when you first started? Or let's say after you worked with that mentor, how has your white space changed from then until now? Like how often do you have white space? What What's the good ratio for you currently in your business of white space to, you know, uh, activities as a mom and a wife and then your business activities? Yeah. So first of all, I did not do white space until like almost five years ago. Okay. This was literally something that came out of working with a therapist. <laughs> okay. This is something that we realized together I was lacking. And as I started to implement it in my business and in my life, it made a huge difference in all the things, okay? And it was after a deep season of overwhelm and burnout. Like, so this came out of therapy situation, but I teach about it because it was completely transformational to the way that I look at my schedule now and the way I run my business. And I've seen it help a lot of other people as well. But how it changes is definitely seasonal. Okay, so in the fall season, it looks different than in the summer season Mm -hmm. when the kids are home, and it looks different than in the winter months when things are quiet. I'm constantly reevaluating what I'm going to need. So, for example, fall busy season for family photographers, I know that I'm going to be shooting more than any other quarter of the year. I just know Mm -hmm. that. So, I'm giving myself more time off before, like leading up to that, like the two weeks before I start shooting. And I'm also building in entire weeks off in between like heavy lifting weeks. Okay. So if I have a week where I'm doing five or six mini sessions and a couple of full sessions, I will literally take a full week off of shooting and editing and pull way back so that I can reset and serve the the next round of clients better. And then when fall busy season's over, I always make sure that I am done shooting by the first week in November and I slow so far down. I go into like sloth mode after that and I let myself because I know that I'm going to need that. Why do I need that? Because if I want to be present for my family over Thanksgiving break and not just be a zombie, like I have to recover so that I can like really enjoy family holidays. Right. Um, So I'm always reevaluating what I'm going to need based on the season that I'm going in. Summertime is real hard because if you've got kids at home, it is literally a free for all and every week is different. (laughs) And do you have a nanny? Do you have a sitter that day? Do they have camps? Do I mean, it's literally a free for all. Summer is not as great with the white space. Okay. It's literally like maybe two hours here. My husband's going to come home and I am going to just go somewhere. I'm just going to get out of the house. I'm going to get away from my kids. I'm going to take a break. Okay. Summer's more about like the family vacation unplugging, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're going to the beach next week. I'm not going to work. I'm going to pull way back. You'll see me on stories, but like, that's it. I'm not going to be working. 
but I'm really intentional with literally taking a hot pink Sharpie in my heavy lifting (laughs) seasons, like, so basically the school year, and I will block off. Okay. This day is white space. This day is white space. This morning is white space. This afternoon is white space. And I have to take the Sharpie, Coley, because if it's not there, (laughs) when a client reaches out to me in hot pink, I'm like, oh, look, that day's open. Even though I have a million other, you know what I mean? I have, I'm saving myself from myself. (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Because I really feel like, you know, this is one of your boundaries. And so Like, tell me about a boundary that you have put in place that has allowed you to continue to thrive in your business and still be a great mom and a great wife. So there are a few things. This is my first answer is going to be right up your alley because it is canned email responses that I have prepared for certain situations. And they save my future self from myself, right? (laughs) So it is the, I'm sorry, I'm not available canned email, right? Um, It is the, thank you for that inquiry. I don't do that. Here's a list of people who do email, right? So it's writing those emails so that in the moment, people pleaser Sabrina isn't inclined to be like, well, I'll just, you know... (laughs) I'm just, um, so I have those things written because I know that I don't want to shoot this thing. I don't want to take more than two sessions a week. I have capacities for things. And so I have a bunch of candy emails written for a bunch of different scenarios. Um, and that has served me really, really well. Um, the other thing, like I've already touched on is having the flexibility to reevaluate what I need and what my business needs, depending on the season. Okay. And not just physical season of the year, but like season of life. Like what I needed yes. when my when my kids were toddlers is very much different than what I need now. Some is better, some is worse. <laughs> okay. But they're they've changed. And so being flexible and knowing that like I can change the rules whenever I want. I can rewrite the, the boundaries. I'm the boss. I am making this thing work for me and giving myself that flexibility and also being willing to say, you know what, these are the boundaries I had set up for myself in this month and that didn't actually work out too well. So I'm going to shift to something else over here, you know, just constantly reevaluating like, how does your business feel? Not how is it on paper, not how many people are on your email list or how much money you're making. How does it feel? I think a lot of people don't ask themselves that question. Um, And I think it goes back to like, if someone asks you, is your business successful? What does that mean to different people? Because I know a lot of people that would just be like, oh, you know, my calendar's full and I'm paying myself the amount of money that I need. But if you, if you have that, that's great. But if you're absolutely miserable when you, you know, get up in the morning to work with a client Or if your daughter has a volleyball game that unfortunately you have to miss because you forgot to put it on your calendar and you've already scheduled this, you know, work commitment. So, yeah, I mean, asking how your business feels and definitely for the different seasons in life, because I've been giving this a lot more thought recently. I feel like I'm almost at the point to where I'm going to stop chasing toddlers. Like 10 years ago, it was great to like be on the floor all the time and be, you know, photographing the toddlers and all these But as I evolve as a business person, as my season of life changes with my kid about to go to middle school, 
things are very different now than they were when I started my business or even, you know, halfway through five years ago. So I do think that all of us should basically sit in a quiet room and figure out how our business makes us feel to make sure that what we consider to be successful goes beyond the numbers because the numbers are great, guys. It is great to have a business where you can pay yourself what you have established you need. But beyond that, I really hope that everyone takes the time to think about what it takes to build a business that actually makes you happy because none of us decided to quit our, you know, nine to five job or our corporate job or whatever you were doing before you were an entrepreneur, if you did something else to then be this entrepreneur and be miserable in a business that you are in charge of. Because again, if you walk away with nothing from this conversation, I hope that you get that both Sabrina and I are telling you that you are the boss of your business. (laughs) You get to say no, you get to make decisions. And if you make a decision that is no longer serving you, serving your business, serving your family, it's time to reevaluate. And that's okay. Yes. And I mean, I tell people that all the time. Just because your business started as this does not mean that you are stuck there. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You can literally pivot as many times as you want. Okay. Making it exactly what you want because you're right. Like, we're not working for some crazy boss unless you are the crazy boss, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, like, we need to be thriving, and everyone's definition of success is totally different. My definition is different than your definition, is different than his definition, and that's okay. Making it so that your business is successful to you. Maybe I don't want to make as much money as Coley. Maybe I want more time off. Or maybe I want to make more than her and I'm okay with working a little bit more and not going to Disneyland all the time, (laughs) okay? Like everybody, but you have to know what your definition of success is. So not just sitting in an empty room and processing how do I feel, but also what is success to me so that you have that marker of, okay, this is what I'm aiming for. This is how many sessions I want. This is how much revenue I want. This is how much vacation time I want. This is the kind of people I want to work with. You've got to have that bar. You've got to know where you want to go, right? So this is my last question. And, you know, it's got a bad word in it. I apologize in advance. But I'm asking all of my guests to tell us about your biggest systems fuck up that cost you and what did you learn from it? I knew you're going to ask that because I've heard the other podcast episodes and I love I love that you asked this. First of all, it's so on brand for you. <laughs> so I love that. But I actually have 3, but they all have a common thread, okay? So, here's what they are. Number 1, and we already touched on this, but waiting too long to hire a mentor um was huge. And it was a scary leap, but in hindsight, my business skyrocketed. And so you put that in reverse. Had I invested sooner, I could have skyrocketed sooner, right? So who knows what that cost me in stress and lost income and all of that. Um, The second thing is right up your alley. I hung out with a really crappy CRM for a really, really (laughs) long time, even though I knew I needed to change and I knew I needed to change and I just didn't want to. And I pushed back (laughs) on that. And it ended up being a complete pain in the ass when it was time to finally switch. So that kind of goes back to what we said earlier, like trust your intuition, right? Like when you know it's time to do something, just do the thing already. (laughs) Um, And then the third is 
Um, and I'm currently in the middle of this story right now. But for years, for the first part of my business, my um, URL was sabrinagebhartphotography.com. And as I started to lean into education, I knew that I needed to drop that photography from the URL and just make it sabrinagebhart.com. But again, I waited and I waited and I pushed back and I pushed back and I lost all this valuable SEO time and all that without getting into the logistics of websites and transitioning URLs. It's an mm-hmm. awful process. <laughs> I should have ripped the Band-Aid off sooner. Um, and I waited too long. So as you can see, my theme throughout is hesitating. Don't wait. And not doing something when I knew I needed to. Um, that's fear. That's not trusting your gut. That's not being confident in your business decisions. When you know it's time to do something, just freaking do it already. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great advice. And you know that I am in the same boat. I come across so many people who have decision paralysis because they're scared to make the wrong decision that they just sit in their indecision for way too long. And it really does affect both your business and your life. And you know, sometimes you can quantify that like, oh, well, if I'd done this sooner, I could have made this amount of money sooner. But also sometimes it's just, if I had made this decision earlier, it would be easier to run my business. I would have more time to do the other things in life that are important to me. So I love that we are ending the podcast with this. And Sabrina, you know, I always love chatting with you, but if any of our listeners want to find out more information from you, where can they find you? My new URL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, is uh, sabrinagebhardt.com. And I am still super duper active over on the gram, which is still the long Sabrina Gebhardt photography. Um, But I share tons of like free stuff on Instagram. Um, And on my website, there are links to free trainings. And I have a lot of really awesome like blog post content that's like really mm-hmm. valuable stuff that you can read. Uh, I also have a weekly email, like we mentioned. Um, it's called Lifestyle Lessons, and it goes out on Monday mornings, and it is short and sweet, and it's always meant to be encouraging or inspirational. Um, so you can get on that list. And then I've got a new freebie uh, that talks yeah, all about sustainability. It. Yeah, it talks all about business sustainability, which is what we've talked about uh, has been kind of the underlying thread today, like battling overwhelm and burnout so that you can have a sustainable business. Um, And so this freebie's got 10 ways that you can set yourself up for having a sustainably successful business. Um, And you can grab that at sabrinagebhardt.com backslash sustainable. Yes, I'm awesome. And I'm also going to put that in the show links. Sabrina, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You know, I love you. I, yeah, I don't even need to say anything else. I know. It's, I just so fun. (laughs) Well, we'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. All right. Before you leave today, I have to tell you about the Roundtable. This is a community I built for female photographers who want to continue growing their business while forging industry friendships along the way. If you enjoy my teaching style on the podcast, then I know you will absolutely love the Roundtable. In this group, you will learn practical ways to move your business forward while finding community and accountability with like-minded photographers. Every month, you will get access to three pieces of content over a broad variety of topics. In the past, we have covered things like pricing, editing, goal setting, website reviews, social media, and even videos from me behind the scenes at Real Sessions. 
Members have also had the opportunity to learn from incredible guest speakers and industry leaders on a huge variety of topics. I pride myself in giving you just enough education every month to keep you growing and moving forward while not overwhelming you with content. Oh, and the private Facebook community is absolutely incredible. Consider it your space to ask all the things, get all the support, and make real-life business besties. If you're ready to join us and take this podcast relationship a bit deeper, you can head over to sabrinagebhardt.com backslash membership and enroll today.